I'm excited to be here today. And not only am I excited, but I might talk a little fast today because something that happened today is I found this new great invention. It's called coffee, and it really makes you excited and it really gets you going for everything. I'm just kidding. I won't talk that fast today. Um, I told first service about it, and they didn't seem very impressed, but I thought maybe if I talk faster, it might, it might give off the persona a little bit better. Um, but anyways, um, I really am excited to be here today. I'm excited for what we have to talk about today. Um, I think that this series has brought a lot of good. I think that my tablet would work. Uh, I think that it's done a lot of good for us. I think that um, these, these four things that we've been kind of digging into with Scripture and just talking about, like being real about these things, um, talking about them has been really, really good, um, not only for me, but I think, I think if it's been good for me, I assume it's been good for you as well. Um, and so, so today we're just going to kind of wrap it all up, and we're, you know, if you, if you didn't see from up there, uh, we're going to look at comparing um, and, what the, and what that means. Because a lot of you may have seen that, and you may have thought to yourself, well, comparing is not always a bad thing, right? Like comparing, you know, to which donut you want to eat when you come into church, you know? Are you saying I'm not allowed to compare donuts anymore? That's why we only had one option out there today. Some of you noticed we don't want to compare. I'm just kidding. Um, but, but, but I really want to stress to you guys, before we get into this, that comparing is not always a bad thing. And now we, we're saying I quit comparing, but I really have to iterate to you guys, comparing is not always a bad thing. But there is a very, very ugly side of comparing. And that ugly side of comparing comes out when... Either, either it pushes somebody else down or it builds us up too high and it's not beneficial for God. And so today, I'm not telling you that you, you, know, you can't compare what you want to have for breakfast in the morning or anything like that. Like, I'm not telling you that. But today, I'm, I want to really iterate to you guys that there is an ugly side of comparing in each and every one of our lives. In, in all of humanity, there is a very ugly side of comparing. And for a lot of us, especially me, I kind of you know, think to myself, comparing is just kind of a natural human instinct. Like, I never really thought of it as, like, you know, something you can choose to do or not to do. Because some of you might be thinking, like, well, I just compare naturally. I'm human. That's what I do. But, but that's not, I'm not trying to say that, like, comparing has to, you know, cease everywhere and, and, and comparing, you know, different things back and forth. But what I am saying is that we need to be aware of this comparing and we need to be aware of how ugly it can be. And when it gets to the point of being ugly, that's when we say, enough. I quit this comparison, these comparisons that I'm making. And so today, when, when we talk about it, um, really just keep an open mind. Keep an open mind to you in your life, because when I first heard, you know, I, I quit comparing, I was like, I don't think I compare that much. You know, but then as I, I thought about it more, I was like, oh, I compare there in my life, I compare that. I, compa- I was like, I compare a lot more in my life than what, you know, I truly think about. Because, you know, we don't always notice things until we really actually sit down and talk about them and think about them and honestly pray about them, too. So I hope that today... You, you find an area in your life where you are comparing, and it's not beneficial. And, and you honestly think about it, and, and when we're done here today, you'll honestly pray about it and say, you know, God, help me, to, help me to conquer this. And so before we get into any of this, just pray with me real fast, and then we'll go. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for this building, for all the people here, Lord, for, for New Life Christian Church, for all that you've given us, Lord. Um, we're so blessed, so blessed. Here in America, here all over the world, we're so blessed to have your son Come and die for us, Lord, so that we can spend eternity with you someday. Lord, I pray that today this message of comparing, of I quit comparing, Lord, would really resonate with each one of us in our hearts. Because, Lord, I know this is an issue for every single one of us, at least in one part of our life. I know, I know that it's there. And I think that when we honestly think about it, we'll know it's there. So, Lord, please make it evident in everyone's minds and everyone's hearts where it is 
that this is happening, Lord. And give us the strength, give us the ability to say no. Give us, give us the, the patience to be able to say, I know this is happening, but I want to stop it. Lord, thank you so much for your son. I pray that it would be your words today, not mine, your presentation, not mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, so I, last time I preached, I told you guys about how I played soccer in college. I also played baseball when I was growing up, so multi-sport athlete. Um, I didn't get that from my parents or anybody. I don't know where it came from. Uh, but, but anyways, I, I, I played a lot of sports growing up, pretty much. And, and growing up, my favorite sport to play was baseball. I don't know why. I don't know what, you know, urged me. But picking up a stick and hitting the crap out of a ball really just got me going for some reason. I don't know what it was. But, but baseball was honestly my favorite sport to play. And I, and I loved to play it. Um, and growing up in T-ball, you know, everybody got to play. It wasn't a big deal. You know, coach pitch, everyone gets to play as well. You know, coach always puts people in. But once it got into kind of more like my middle school days, that's when it became more serious, I guess we'd call it. My, my, uh, my coaches got a lot more into, well, you know, the good kids are going to play most of all the game and the kids who aren't so good. You know, I don't know if you were a kid who wasn't so good. But I was a kid who wasn't so good back in middle school. Um, I, I still think I'm not that good now, but, but you know, I, I was that kid that was like, oh, I'm not that good. Um, and so one day, I, I distinctly remember, I, um, I, was, I was at the ballpark, and I hadn't played that day at all. We had a doubleheader. In the first game, our first baseman got hurt. Um, he, wasn't, he wasn't able to play first base, and we didn't have anybody else to play first base. And so the coach kind of just was like, all right, who wants to play first? <laughs> like, right now, I don't, I don't have any idea. And nobody raised their hand, and I was like, well, I don't play otherwise. So I raised my hand. I was like, I'll play. And he was like, okay. And so, and so I, did, I honestly, from what I remember, I, you know, I might not remember the whole thing, but from what I remember, I didn't do, you know, that bad of a job. But what did happen is one of the first innings, a ball came to me, and I missed it. And the ball, you know, it rolls to the, you know, rolls to the fence. You got to go get it. And when you're that young, they always run to second and everything like that. But I had to go get the ball, and so I ran over, got it. Um, and thankfully, we got... You know, we got the next guy out, so it didn't, you know, didn't do anything. No harm, no foul. But as I was walking in the dugout, you know, I always give players on my team high five. All right, good job. As we're walking in the dugout, this one guy comes up to me. He was, he was the best of the best. His name was also John, but he was like, good John. There's like, bad John, good John. Good John came up to me, and he, he just gave me this, this disgusting look and was like, should have had it. And, and granted, this is like we're in middle school, and I still remember this today. I remember him walking up to me, should have had it. I was like, sorry, it's my first time playing first. You know, first time playing first, that's funny. Uh, my first time playing first, sorry. You know, I, I didn't, didn't mean to miss it. And he was like, well, you should have had it. I was like, okay, sorry, I'll do better next time. He was like, if you miss another one, there won't be a next time. This is a middle schooler saying this to me. Like, <laughs> like, I, like there, there are hard things going on in the baseball field, people. It, it happens. But this, this guy's like, there won't be a next time. I was like, are you the coach? But anyways, um, that really kind of struck something in me to – you know, whenever, whenever anything happened on a baseball diamond, whether I was playing first base, whether I was batting, pitching, whatever it was, if I ever messed up, I was always thinking to myself, God, man, good John would have done so much better. You know, I would have thought something like that, or I would have thought, you know, the guy who normally plays this position would have done so much better. You know, I, so I constantly had it in my mind on, like, you know, if I couldn't do it right, there was obviously somebody who could do it better. Maybe not somebody specific, but there was somebody who could do it better than me. And it was, it, it was always in my mind. And, and to be honest with you, sometimes it still does happen today. Um, I'm a little bit more peace about the whole baseball thing. But, but growing up, baseball was honestly a hard thing for me because I honestly thought to myself, there's always going to be somebody better than me, and I shouldn't even try. And, and, 
And maybe, maybe you've had an experience like that, so maybe you can resonate with me a little bit. Um, maybe not in baseball, but maybe like dancing's a sport, gymnastics, cheerleading's kind of a sport. Um, I, but, but you know, like there, there, there might be something out there that you just thought to yourself, like somebody has to do it better than me. And, and that's honestly what I thought. And so I was constantly comparing myself to this other person on my team. And even when I got older, I wasn't comparing myself to him, but I was comparing myself to other people on the team. And there eventually got to a point, my, um, my senior year in high school. Now, my senior year in high school, I was no longer bad John. Um, and I don't say that to, you know, be arrogant. I say that because, you know, coach told me, you know, you're not a bad player anymore. Um, but anyways, like, I played third base for the team because I was the only one that was strong enough to make the throw over to first base. Um, and also, I, you know, I could take ground balls and things like that. If you, if you don't play baseball, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm sorry, just roll with me for a few more minutes. But, but, but anyways, I, I, I was like one of the only people who could play third base. And so one day, we were taking infield. That's, that's where they just hit balls to people in the infield when we make our plays. I was playing infield, and it was just a bad day for our team. Nobody, nobody could field a ground ball. Nobody could throw it the first the right way. It was just a bad day. But I made every throw, and I made every grounder. And so I, I was kind of looking around, and I was like, man, these scrubs, you know, <laughs> I'm over here playing third base, and our guys can't even, you know, you know, field ground balls or anything like that. And so I got to the point where I was looking at other people like, man, if only they were as good as me, if only, you know. And so I'm getting a little bit, you know, proud and prideful in this situation. And it eventually got to the point where this didn't help my ego either. It got to the point where the coach said, all right, everybody line up except John. And so coach stood at home plate, and he stood me over at third base, and he said, I'm going to hit ground balls at John for five minutes, and you guys have to watch. I don't want to hear any talking. You're going to see John field ground balls, and that's exactly how you do it. And so, you know, me, I'm like, yeah, guys, watch and learn, you know. <laughs> I'm saying to myself, all right, I got this. And so he hits me a few ground balls, and eventually he's like, all right, you guys want to see him do it without a glove? And so I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I need this, you know. And, and, and he's like, give me your glove, John. So I gave him my glove, and basically what he told me to do, he said, don't use your hands. Just let the ball hit your body and throw it over the first base. Now, that's kind of dangerous. Don't ever do that in real practice. But, um, but I, I mean, for, for a few minutes, that's literally what I did. I just sat there over at third base, and he hit a ball to me, and it bounced up, and it hit me in the chest, or it hit me in the leg. I have to block it somehow, and then I'd pick it up and throw it to first. And it was one of the last balls he was going to hit. He should have ended sooner. But it was one of the last balls he was going to hit. And he was, he was still very angry at this point. And my coach just said, Watch John. He, he yelled it really loud, and then he hit the ball. The ball hit the ground. It hit off a rock, and it, it came up and hit me right in the collarbone, and it, it broke it really bad. And so immediately it hits me, and I'm like on the ground holding my collarbone. like ah, It hurts. You know, I'm screaming in the air saying, like, it hurts, it hurts. And, and my coach like runs up to me. He's like, don't tell your mom. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, it hurts so bad. And so he's still angry at this point. He's not only angry that I'm hurt, but he's angry that the team wasn't doing well. And he looks over the team, he's like, uh, go run laps. And so they're running laps around the field while I'm like having to be tended to my broken collarbone. Thankfully, I was still able to play. But it, it, you know, at that point in time, I was getting so prideful. Something had to bring me back down to earth. God was like, all right, John, you, you got too big of an ego, so I'm just going to break your collarbone. You know, and I, I don't know what it was, but I got, at that point in time, I got so prideful. I got so proud of myself. I compared myself to other people and said, oh, man, I'm so much better than them. At that point in time, I was, I was that John, the good John. I was the good John who, in my mind, maybe I wasn't saying it to them, but in my mind, I was saying to myself, man, if only they were as good as me, you know? And, and we're taught in society a lot that if, if you think it, it's okay. Just don't say it to them. 
You know, if you think of something bad, it's okay. Just don't say it to them. You know, but I think, I think that thinking it is not only dangerous to them because we're thinking it about them, but it's dangerous to ourselves because that raises our ego so high and that makes us so proud about who we are. And, you know, I, I'm better than them at this. I'm better here and there and things like that. And we're constantly comparing that. And, and honestly, like, that's just not healthy. And I, I think that when we read this specific story in Luke chapter 18, we see how just really unhealthy it is. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 18. We're going to start at verse 9. Sorry, I don't have a PowerPoint or anything, but I hope you guys have your listening ears on. Um, starting at verse 9 on Luke 18. Then Jesus told the story of some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other one was a despised tax collector. That means nobody liked him, in case your vocabulary doesn't have despise in it. Um, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. This is what he said. I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else, for I don't cheat, I don't sin, I don't commit adultery, I certainly am not like the tax collector, I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even to lift his eyes up to heaven as he prayed, instead of beating, um, instead he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me. I am a sinner. I tell you this, not, uh, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And we read, we read this right here. We read this little story, and we immediately think to ourselves, like, that dumb Pharisee. What is he thinking? thinking that he can just go into church and start praying and saying, I'm so much better than that person. Who cares? I'm better than them, and I know it. We, we think to ourselves, that Pharisee, why are you being like that? And, uh, and honestly, if we catch ourselves, we be like that sometimes. We, that, that is how we are sometimes. And I don't, think, I don't think anybody wants to admit it, but that's how we get sometimes. And we read this, but I think one thing that we neglect to look at, one, the other character we ne- neglect to look at is the tax collector. Because this tax collector, yes, yes, he, you know, poor tax collector, we feel bad for him. But the reason why he felt so bad about himself, the reason why he was looking so far down on himself, not even letting him lift his eyes to heaven to pray or anything like that, the reason he did that was because he was so concerned with the Pharisee. He was so concerned about comparing himself, himself to the Pharisee, saying, I'll never be as good as him. You know, I, I, I'll, never, I'll never do the right thing there. You know, I'll never not be able to sin. I'll never not be able to cheat or anything like that. You know, because we, we, we look at this story and we immediately think, man, that dumb Pharisee. But I think we also have to look at the story and realize that the tax collector wasn't making a very good choice either by trying to compare himself to the Pharisee. Because a lot of times we try to do that. We, we, we say, you know, I can't believe that person will compare themselves to me and make them think they're better. You know, and, we, and in, that, in that instance when we're saying that, we're comparing ourselves to them as well. And so we're hurting ourselves. We're hurting who we are, who God has made us to be. Because one, one thing I, I have to communicate to you guys today before, before we really get deeper into it is that our comparisons are just a concentration on being more or less than somebody else rather than trying to be who God has truly made us to be. That's, that's what our comparisons are. They're just us concentrating on somebody and saying, man, I have to be better than them, or man, I'm glad I'm not as bad as them. That's what they are. It's us looking at them and us saying those things. And it, it, it takes away our focus from being who God truly wants us to be. Because I, I personally believe that there is some, somebody that God wants you to be. The person you are today is who God designed you 
to be. Now, now you might think to yourself, why would God make a messed up person like me? You know, why, you might think to yourself like that. But if God made every single person the same, everybody would have the same house, everybody would have the same car, everyone had the same kids, everyone had everything the same. They, they sleep in the same bed, everything. But that's not how God made us to be. God didn't make each and every one of us to be exactly the same. And so how is it fair for us to look at somebody else and say, man, I wish I was more like them, or man, I'm glad I'm not, you know, I'm glad I'm not like this. How is it fair for us to compare ourselves to them and try to have the same standard for ourselves that we have for them? Because that doesn't make any sense to me. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, why would we do that? And we concern ourselves with other people so much. I'm guilty of it myself. I'm not, I'm not just saying, you know, you guys do this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that at all. I do it myself all the time. I concern myself with other people and how they're doing and, and how that compares to what I'm doing. I do that all the time, it seems like, and I have to catch myself and I have to say, look, it doesn't, like, it, 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 it's not that big of a deal. God designed them to be who they are. That's, that's who they are, and I want to help them be the best they are, but I can't expect somebody else to be just like me, and I can't expect myself to be just like somebody else because that's, that's just simply not how God designed us to be. God didn't design every single person to be exactly the same. Maybe, maybe comparing would be a lot better if, that, if that's how he designed it, but I don't think that's how he designed it at all. And so we have to realize that being so concerned with other people and what they have or who they are or what they can do or the circumstances they're in, all those things, concerning ourselves with that and trying to put that the same thing in our lives or trying to keep that out of our lives and say they should be the same as us, to me it just makes no sense. And, and I, have to, I have to be honest with you for a minute. I have to be transparent. Um, there, there's a lot of places that it seems like comparisons happen a lot in America. I don't know about other countries because I haven't been there very much. But in America, I, I firmly believe that one of the most comparing places in all the world, not in all the world, in all of America, is Christian college. And you guys, you guys are going to hear that and you're going to say, wow, that, that doesn't make any sense. I've lived it. That was one of the places when I felt myself comparing myself to other people the most. I don't know what it was, but I constantly was thinking to myself, you know, ah, nah, I'm not as smart about the Bible as that person. <laughs> They're obviously going to do a lot better you know, in their future because they know more about the Bible than me. Or I'd look at somebody and be like, I can, you know, I can talk a lot better than that person. They, they can't, you know, they don't know how to talk to other people. You know, they, they're not polite. They don't know how to do those things. I'm a lot better at that than that person. And honestly, that, at least for me and a lot of my friends I talked to, that was, that was what happened a lot, is we would constantly be comparing ourselves, going to, to other people, trying to say, oh, I'll be better at this than them. I don't know why that is. I don't know why that seems to be one of the biggest things at Christian colleges, but it is. And honestly, honestly, the biggest comparison I ever made in Christian college was every, every Tuesday and Thursday we'd have chapel. We, we would go, go to chapel, and basically what we would have is we'd have, you know, somebody get up and talk, give a few announcements, kind of like here, and then three songs, speaker, and then, you know, dismissed. And so that was, that was like what our chapel was. We had it every Tuesday and Thursday. And every Tuesday and Thursday, there would be people that would get up on the stage who knew how to play guitar so well, who knew how to play drums so well, who knew how to sing so well. And I, know, I knew that time was meant to be sitting back and worshiping God and glorifying him, but some days it was really hard for me because I kept comparing my own musical abilities to them. Now, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm pretty much tone deaf. I have no musical ability at all whatsoever. If you stand next to me when we're clapping to a song, just, you know, close that ear because I, I can't, like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how to clap on beat. It's just, it's weird. But I can't, I can't do it. And, and I think to myself, and that was one of, you know, like the biggest comparisons I made when I was in college. I was like, 
How am I ever going to be effective someday in ministry if I can't play a guitar? How am I ever going to be, you know, able to do these things if I can't even beat a drum? I mean, I can beat a drum. I just can't do it on beat, you know. Um, you know, how, how am I ever supposed to be able to do these things if I can't play music? You know, because a lot of times when we go places, you know, if we're like, oh, somebody needs to play music, the pastor's like, oh, I got a guitar in my, you know, in my room. I'll go play it real fast. You know, it's like, I don't have that ability. And I always, always would concern myself with that. It seemed like, it seemed like at least once a week I would go to chapel and I would sit there or stand, I would stand there and I'd just, you know, I'd be saying to myself, I wish I, could, I wish I could sing like that person. I wish I could play an instrument like that person. And I was so, so concerned with that. And it never really made any sense once it came down to it. Once it came down to it, it never really made any sense because God created those people to, to be able to do music. That was something that he saw a need for them to be able to do with their lives. For me, apparently I got something else other than music because he didn't give me music at all, you know? But, but I, think, I think that honestly, I had to sit back a lot of days and I had to say to myself, I'm glad that God gave them a gift of music. He didn't give it to me. That's okay. I'm glad he gave it to them. And I had to be happy for that person instead of feeling sorry for myself. And, and vice versa. In preaching class, there were people who did not want to get up and talk in front of people. We had like five people in my preaching class, and there was this one guy who was like, I can't preach. I can't talk in front of people. I mean, I, you know, obviously, I don't have that hard of a time with it, because I've, I've done it twice since I've been here. But, but like, I would constantly say to myself, like, how is that guy ever going to be, you know, used in ministry if he can't preach? You know, and I found myself doing the same thing that the Pharisees would do. And so I've been the tax collector in my life, but I've also been the Pharisee in my life. And I think if we look at it, we've been both as well. And so, so we, when we truly, truly think about it, let, like, let's go back to verse 11 real fast. Let's go back to verse 11. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else. For I don't cheat, I don't sin, I don't commit adultery, and I'm certainly not like the tax collector. We say that's a comparison, and yes, that's a comparison, but it's also a very, very harsh judgment. And I think that's where comparisons come from a lot. It's from judgments. Judging somebody else on who they are, saying, I can't believe they would do that. You know? Or, wow, you know, they're so good, I... I wish I could, you know, I wish I could be as good as them. You know, and, that, and we, we listen to that, we're saying, that's not a bad judgment, you're saying you're good. But we're still judging them in a way, thinking, you know, I wish I was better than them. I wish I was as good as them, and things like that. And, and it's just, it's not healthy for us to do at all. And I don't know how to reiterate that, but I think, I think that there are four specific areas where we do this the most. And, and this, this isn't anything I came up with. This was another, another pastor came up with this, and he shared this with me. But, but there are four areas where we compare the most in our lives. The first one is possessions. Possessions, our money, our paychecks. You know, I, I, I wish I was getting as much money as that guy. Like, I do more work than that guy at work, and he still gets paid more money than me? I don't understand that at all. You know, we compare our paychecks. We compare money. We compare our houses. You know, we compare our cars, all these different things. We'll compare these things and say, man, glad I don't have that house. Or, wow, I wish I had that house. You know, I wish, I wish mine was as big as that, you know? And, and it's like we, we compare our possessions like that. The, 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 second one, the second one is our appearance. Our, our culture, our society has done a really good job of making us feel insecure about our appearance and comparing our own appearance to other people. I wish I, wish, I, wish I looked as good as that you know, celebrity on TV. You know, I, wish, I wish that you know, this, this was better for me. I wish that I was as tall as somebody else, you know, I, I, all these different things. We compare our appearance and say, man, I wish I, was, I 
wish I looked like that. I'd make life a lot easier if I looked like that. And, that, and, that, and that's a big comparison for people that people don't even realize we do sometimes. I've done it before. I've done it. I'm not saying it's just, you know, just certain people. I've done it before, too. Our performance, our abilities, that, you know, this kind of goes along with the music, like I was saying. Like, I wish I had the ability to play music. I, I wish I was like that person. You know, it could, it could be, you know, sports, too, like I talked about. I don't know what it is for you, but I'm sure there's something in your life that you feel, feel bad about something you can do and can constantly are comparing it to other people saying, I wish I was good like that. And it's also our circumstances. But being honest with each other, sometimes, sometimes, my parents have told me this, so I'm obviously not married, but I think my parents have told me this. It's easy to sometimes look at another marriage and say, Man, they're so happy together. I wish I was as happy with my spouse as much as they are happy. And, and, and we don't like to hear that, but that can be something, our circumstances that we have, you know? And, and obviously, Obviously, this isn't something that happens a lot, but this is something. If we're truly being real, this is something that people can compare. If you don't compare, that's great. I'm so happy that you're in love with your spouse like that and you guys don't compare like that. But I think with relationships, with marriages, with, e- with even friendships or even with our kids sometimes, we, we can say, I wish things like that. And I think that's something we honestly, honestly need to look into and we honestly need to be looking into our hearts and saying, is this something that I do? And so I don't, I don't mean to you know, bring us all down and point out everybody's comparisons that we make, but like I said, there has to be something. There has to be something that you yourself are comparing yourself to somebody else with, either daily or weekly, monthly, whatever it is. And honestly, it's not beneficial. It's not giving glory to God. It's, not, it's certainly not helping you in any way or another. It's not helping at all. And I think we have to be aware about these things. And I could, I could end right now and make you aware of everything. I could, I could say, all right, that's it, close the book, and we're done. I could, I could say that right now. But I think, I think one thing that I have to do is I, is I have to tell you that you don't have to compare. You do not have to compare with other people, other situations, whatever. You don't have to compare. And I think, like I said, I, I have been, I've been in the comparisons. I've done these things before. And so I don't have a full, you know, like a full formula you know, it's, this isn't math. We don't write a formula on the chalkboard. Some of you hate math, so you're giving me a bad look right now. But I, like, this isn't, this isn't a formula where you can just say, all right, I'm going to stop comparing for the rest of my life because of this. But I think when you look into Scripture and when you actually, you know, see what God has said about certain things, that there is a way for you to, uh, to stop comparing, to say, I quit. And I th- this is how I've done it in my life. So I'm not saying this is full-fledged work with everyone, but this is how I've done it in my life. Now, They'll struggle sometimes, but this is always what I go back to. First things first. Whenever I start comparing, I always have to remain confident in who God made me to be. I have to remain confident. I have to know that God has made me a specific way for a specific purpose. Now, you know, whether that's for me to go out and do these great things like some other people, you know, that, that everyone sees and everyone knows about, you know, whether it's that or whether it's something behind the scenes that maybe not everybody sees. But the, the point is not for people to see it, not for people to know about it. The point is that I'm actually doing what God has made me to be. I think, I think if we look at Philippians 1.6, 1, 6, 1, 6, we'll really see that. Philippians 1.6, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God's doing work in you. God has work happening in you for you to be able to go out and work for other people. If we're comparing, we're just stalling that work. 
but remain confident who God made you to be. I'm not saying be confident, saying you're the best thing ever, but I'm saying remain confident, not in yourself, but remain confident in God for you. Because God made you to be a certain way. God made you for a certain purpose. And you have to remain confident in knowing that. That's what I have to remind myself whenever I start comparing, is God made me a certain way for a certain purpose. And I can do this. Another one is I, I have to be able to disregard envy. I can't, I can't get jealous. And I have to make sure I'm not judging other people. Because as soon as you start doing those three things, that's where comparison really, really digs the deepest. Is when you envy somebody else, when you're jealous of what somebody else is doing or has, or, and, and you're judging somebody else. That's where it gets the ugliest. I told, I told you when we started talking today that comparison gets ugly. And I think that's where it gets the ugliest. And so I have to make sure if I start envying somebody else, I have to make sure, okay, cut that off. If I start getting jealous of somebody else, okay, cut that off. If I start judging somebody else, okay, cut that off. Because those are the quickest ways to lead to comparing. And sometimes those go side by side, sometimes those are building blocks. But I have to make sure that I know the signs before it happens. I think, I think one of the best places to look at that is 1 Corinthians. And a lot of times, a lot of times we read this, you know, these verses and things like that. We read this, but we don't get the full version. It's 1 Corinthians 13. If you know it, you probably know it's a love passage. Some of you probably have it hanging in your house and things like that. But 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous or boastful or proud. It's as simple as that, because once we start doing those things, it's not love anymore. We have to be able to realize that the envy, jealousy, the judgment, it's just going to lead to more comparison. Not just going to hurt us, but it's going to hurt other people as well. And the last thing, the last thing that I have to, I have to reiterate every, you know, every day in my life, to help me with this, to simply love other people. And what do I mean by love other people? I mean encourage them. I mean see who God has made them to be and let them know that. Encourage them with who God has made them to be. See their, their abilities. See those things and encourage them through that. Not, not only that, but, but see you know, things they have going for them. You know, maybe they're going through a situation and they can't see the good things that are going for them right now. You know, and help them to see that. Encourage them. Give them, give them strength. Build them up. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Dear friends, let us, not, let us continue to love one another. Love comes from God, and anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I think we've got to do this together. I don't think we can do it on our own. I think churches were made for us to be together, not to do it alone. So today, let's quit all these four things together. I know it's cliche. I know that it's, you know, it's, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, let's actually do it together. But actually, if we actually focus on doing these things together, encouraging one another, looking out for one another, you know, whether it's a whole church or whether it's just your family, whether it's just you and your spouse, do it together. Make the effort to quit the complaining, to quit the excuses, to quit the fear, to quit the comparing together. And I honestly think if we make a focus of trying to quit these things together, by encouraging one another, by loving one another, we can do it. Now, we're humans, so we'll probably still mess up every now and then. But if we can quit these things together, I mean, what else is the church for? To gather together, to be together, to be with one another together and help each other. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for all that you've given us, all that you do for us each and every day. Lord, I... Uh, and express how much gratitude that I have for, for knowing that I don't have to compare myself to other people. 
for knowing that you have made me a certain way, Lord. And I think, I think the same about everyone out in this room as well, Lord, everyone in the world, that you've created each of us for a purpose, for a specific reason. And that we don't have to compare ourselves to other people and say, I wish I was as good as them or anything like that. But Lord, that we can be confident in who you made us to be. Lord, we're confident in you. We're not confident in ourselves. We're confident in you, that you're doing the work in us that we need. Lord, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you so much for each person in this room. I pray that we will quit the comparing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.